Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Happy Wednesday and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with The Forgiveness Doctor. I'm Michelle Boucher, and I'm here today with Dr. Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to spend time with us today. It's March 23rd, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you into queue to talk with Michael. I encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to utilize this show and strengthen your practice of forgiveness especially first-time callers. So let's welcome Michael in the process of learning and experiencing forgiveness. Well, thank you, young lady, for opening the show today. Jeannie is with the rest of the family doing uh, attractions at Universal Studios. We actually just came out of the Terminator. I hope that uh, I've got a quiet enough place that, uh, that you can hear me all right. There's a little music in the background, but it doesn't sound too serious. And so hopefully the sound will come across clearly enough as we have a conversation about this ancient, eternal technology of first century Aramaic forgiveness. And recognize that that word forgive, and it's such a a deep challenge to get past the way that our mind fabricates the world that it sees. You know, we tend to think that when we look at something through our body's eyes, that in fact we are looking at something outside of us. We've been tricked by our culture into believing that. It benefits kings for us to believe that. Because when we believe that, we can be structured and programmed to think and to act in certain ways that are totally and completely inconsistent with the truth of who we are. We have a simple definition, and I use this pretty much in every show because it is so poorly understood in our culture that we are beings, creatures made of love, that it's difficult to find such a thing anymore. And so if you've ever held a newborn child, you know exactly what human life is. That's the truth of who each of us started out to be. And the world started to put its thumbprints upon us, and its thumbprints of hostility and fear resonated generations and generations and generations of 
forebearers who lived with seemingly unresolvable hostility and fear because they had no way to weaken or remove that content from their minds. The technology, having been disappeared to remove the viruses of hostility and fear, and relative to human life, which is love, anything based in hostility or fear is, in fact, literally a virus. And so if we find ourselves in a situation where our perception is based in hostility or fear, our brain produces pictures and images that make it look like the hostility and fear is caused from the outside and actually exists on the outside when the truth is the place where that hostility or fear or presence of love exists is on the inside. And if we find ourselves plagued in circumstance after circumstance, situation after situation, with perceptions based in hostility or fear, then the tool of forgiveness is the required tool in order to return to the truth of who we are, to return to the truth of the active presence of love. And so that's what we're here to support you in. If you have not accessed yet the technology of forgiveness, or if you have and perhaps haven't used it in a while, then we invite you to go to our website, www.whyagain.com, or pardon me, .org, and that will give you access if you go to that homepage, whyagain.org, and scroll down to the red and white bullseye in the middle of the page. You'll find a set of links that will walk you through the whole forgiveness process custom instructions that you can download, radio shows where we've gone through and walked through the whole process with people. There's all kinds of support, and the tools are there for the asking. Free, available, download the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? Free, and you're on your way to utilizing that first century technology. And so that's our project here, is to make that technology available on a global scale, available to every mind, heart, and being, and the understanding that literally the world we see is a construct of our minds. Literally, we do not have windows to look out into the world with, as most of us have been taught. I mean, who of us wasn't taught all our lives? And I look out there, and I see the tree, I see the cloud, I see the sky, I see the person that is the enemy, or I see the person that is the friend, and I see my body in a mirror. All of that's a fraud. First of all, I don't have a body. If we talk about physics, if we're talking about the truth of the situation, if we listen to Einstein, he says, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we've heretofore called matter is energy. Energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no body. And so if you think you've got a body, you're mistaken. Yes, you look in the mirror, or you think you do, that is, your energy field reflects from the mirror a set of frequencies that resonates brain cells that causes your brain to produce an hallucination, a picture called a body, picture of something that isn't there. Yes, there are reference points that are similar to what's there, but if you're looking at a body, you're not looking at what's there, and you're certainly not looking at something outside of you. But the light energy, you'll notice if you look in a mirror and there's no light in the room, you don't see anything because there's nothing there to see in terms of the world that we normally think we're looking at. 
So when I look in a mirror, the truth is if there's light energy in the room, then my energy field reflects back to my eye information about my energy field. That information entering the eye causes brain cells to fire, and the brain cells that fire in me produce the image of the body that I see. And forgiveness is about dismantling the lies of the culture and getting back to the truth of who we are as this awesome active presence of love designed to be incarnated in this form that is an energy field made up of nothing but frequencies, nested frequencies, as Max Planck would say, physicist Max Planck. And so if there are frequencies going on, if there are energies that you are experiencing that you say to yourself, I would rather not be experiencing this, then the tool you want to apply is the tool of removal, the tool of forgiveness. And everything that you've been tricked into seeing and experiencing begins to dissolve. And you see a different world. And we're here to support you experiencing the truth of who you are. And so, Michelle, is Dr. Tim with us today? He is, Michael. Well, let's say hello to the young man. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Awesome. You had had a perfect last night, I believe. How'd it go? We did. It it was uh, power-packed. I have to remind you, though, that today is Wednesday, Recovery Wednesday. And so if we've got anybody on the board, Michelle, you know, Gail or our friend Dave or somebody else who's calling in with recovery-related questions, I think that'd be more in line with what we want to do today. Well, let's hear about the uh, the support group last night, and then we'll move into that. Okay. Well, the support group we had uh, we had a lot of people get triggered last night. We showed the first of three segments of Guy Finley's relationship magic series, and um, it's I stopped the video several times because he was saying. Dr. Michael Rice material, and he was saying Dr. John Veldheim material, and and I just I had to make sure that people in the room were following it. Did you hear what he just said? It's exactly what John Veldheim said last Wednesday and or Tuesday. And then did you hear that? That's this. This is step six in the, the reality management worksheet in the current worksheet, where you have to look at anytime anything anybody does something that you don't like or you think they shouldn't do. You want to open yourself up to the time in your life where you've done a similar thing because it opens a space of compassion. All these things are coming out. And so I thought, man, this is fabulous. The group is going to love this. So we ended the video, and I went to use the bathroom and came back in, and there was a whole discussion going on about how people had gotten triggered to upset about what Guy Finley did say and didn't say, and he should have done this and he should have done that, and it's completely inappropriate in this day and age that someone would talk like that about. And I was, I was, it took me a while to catch up <laughs> to figure out, what, wait a minute, were different, they watching Different brain cells, eh? 
Yeah, were, were they watching the same video I was watching? And the answer is yes, we were no. watching the same video, but we were not seeing the same thing. We were not hearing the same things. And so it was a very um, prolonged discussion, and I just kept trying to bring people back to the idea that if they have an emotion attached to their belief about what was said or what should have been said, that's their worksheet material, and that they're entirely welcome to their opinion that it should have been done differently or it could have been done differently. And if there's upset, that's theirs. It's not. It didn't come from the screen. Because there were some people in the room who liked the video, liked the talk, could see the similarities, the direct overlays, and some people got triggered by either the presence of certain words or the meaning that those words had for them or the absence of certain words or discussion points. So it was very powerful. And then near the end of the group, somebody said, can I just have two minutes? And it turned into one of the more powerful worksheets we've had in a long time because, of course, whenever anybody says, you know, it's just a little thing, can I just get a little... It usually is covering something quite deep and powerful. So we had... Uh, 11 people plus me, we had lots of energy, and we had a lot of love, and we had a lot of people get triggered, which is pretty much par for the course in a support group when you've got that many people. Very powerful. And, you know, when whenever uh, somebody is in some sort of state of disturbance and they're talking about something outside themselves. You know, a lot of people try to figure it out, but it's really not much to figure out. If I'm talking about something outside of me and I'm disturbed, then I'm in denial and I'm hiding something from myself. And isn't it interesting how sometimes getting people to stop hiding from themselves is almost like pulling teeth. They're sitting there blatantly in their hostility or fear, and yet no idea that it has anything to do with them. They actually think it was, you know, those little bits of light dancing around on the screen or those uh, paper cones shaking back and forth called speakers that uh, that did something to them. It, it, it's, it's always amazing. And then, of course, I have to think back to the early days of doing this when, of course, I was doing the same thing. And then I have to admit that at times today, you know, that gets triggered and I do the same thing. So it's... Uh, it's always interesting when it's so blatant uh, that it's an inside job that um, pulling people through to acknowledging that and getting out of the resistance to looking at what they're doing to themselves and others is uh, is sometimes quite a feat, quite a challenge. Well, the other thing I had to report is that on Sunday I went to the Unity of Woodstock Church and they were doing one of their series of exercises in the transition before they go looking for a new minister, they're reviewing their past and planning their future and teaching people how to resolve conflict. And So there was a healing circle on Sunday from noon uh, to 2. And as I sat down in the circle, the um, coordinating minister, transition minister, came in and handed out a worksheet. And the worksheet is essentially a mirror image of our reality management worksheet process with the cancel the goal piece missing. But other than that, everything else is there. 
I, there's a blank for your name, I, Tim, feel, and then I write in my feeling, I observed this happening, and I made you wrong, and then you flip it over and say, and because I'm committed to healing, I'm take responsibility for my part in this and realize I create my emotions, and here's what I'm willing to do to make amends, and by what date. So it was a powerful exercise. There was a lot of uh, good that happened, and my point for bringing it up is to say I think more and more people are moving toward the realization that it's all an inside job, and more and more people, like what we've mentioned from the, the Simmons book, Eye of the Storm, are trying to get people to understand they're never upset about what's outside of them because we're all connected. And uh, I have made the appropriate outreach to the people who designed this to let them know this is wonderful, it's right in line with what we do, except it's missing a critical piece, which could take it to the next level. It's amazing what it takes uh, sometimes to get people to sit still long enough to get what that canceling piece means. And, of course, I say that from experience because it took me decades to understand the why and how of it. I stuck to it because I saw that it worked. But, you know, for people to sit around long enough or stay around to work long enough to build the brain cells for why you would do such a silly thing as cancel a perfectly good goal, uh, is, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a challenge to, uh, to get people to stay around and, and to hear that. And certainly we've offered it as far and as wide as we can, and uh, we'll hold the space that, uh, that that might be another place where that piece might be picked up and take it to the next level for everybody. I will keep you posted. Awesome. Very cool. Sweet. Well, we are here with um, Recovery Wednesday, and the uh, the whole focus of Recovery Wednesday, and there is some music that started out in the background. I hope it's quiet enough that you can still hear my voice clearly. But the idea of recovery is to return to the truth of who we are, to recover the true being that each of us is. And to me, that's the whole idea of the term recovery throughout the culture. And as we not recover from something but recapture the direct experience of who we are as the presence of love. And by bringing that presence of love forward into a memory bank, a body-mind unit filled with all kinds of drama and trauma to the point where people turn to addictive substances in order to anesthetize that drama and trauma or to keep their conscience, that is their higher voice, uh, quiet. And so the whole recovery process is the uh, has been the focus for several weeks of the show. We did, uh, I think it was seven days or nine days of uh, initial introduction when we had uh, Gail with us, who just gave us some awesome input. We had some great input from uh, Dr. Androcki out in Pahrump, Nevada, and Dr. Tim, of course, and Michelle. And uh, so moving forward, uh, Michelle, do we have anybody else from the... Uh, the team on Recovery Wednesday with a hand up with anything to share? Yeah. Well, actually, Miss um, Gail is here. Hi, Gail. Hey there, That's young lady. You with us? I am with you. I am with you. 
Awesome. Always, I bet. Well, anyway, I wanted to start by thanking everybody for last Wednesday because last Wednesday was awesome. That was um, a very deep, big piece of the puzzle for me to go to drill into and to get in touch with and to release. And so I'm very, I'm very thankful for that, for um, you and Dr. Tim and what he had to offer and what Rex had to offer, and also for everybody that was holding the space and everybody that texted me or messaged me on Facebook after the fact to offer their support. That was amazing. So I wanted to, to say thank you first and foremost. Nothing like a little support and help from our friends, is there? Absolutely. That was awesome. Um, I had a, um, a, a, um, uh, my vitality went up last Wednesday, and I was able to get a lot of cleaning done in the house. And um, last Thursday I had a huge leap in vitality, and then Friday I dipped that back down again. And um, right now I'm running, I'm surfing the vitality wave once again. So. Peeling off the layers. And for Peeling anyone who's new to the show, yes, for anyone who's new to the show, what uh, what Gail is referring to is the fact that as you hit a new level of vitality, you know, imagine we've got a vitality meter and it goes from 1 to 10, and I'm at a level 5 vitality, and there's an issue I've been hiding from myself that perhaps, let's say, is a level 7. I'm not going to get to see that level 7 issue until I get to at least a level 7.5 vitality, and then it's going to tend to break open, and I'm going to get to see what I've been hiding from myself, perhaps for generations. And so each step forward in the work is designed to support people in achieving higher and higher and higher levels of vitality, and as one does that, they can reach into a new depth of what needs to be healed. At a level five vitality, because the body mind unit has its own built in suppressed mechanism, a level seven issue is simply too hot an energy for the system to handle, so it's going to stay in hiding. When I hit that higher level of vitality, that which is in hiding is liberated, and I get to return to a higher level where I can reach into that next deeper part of my mind, access things that perhaps. I had no clue we're even there. And, you know, that's sometimes one of the challenges of this work is people get stuck in thinking, you know, here I am doing all the right things. What's going wrong in my life? Well, if I'm doing all the wrong things, I'm probably in a state of slow and steady decline that will lead to death. And I'll just get to play the standard old games of my life. But when I start doing the right things and build vitality, unloading the loads which strengthen me, doing the right things nutritionally, emotionally, relationship forgiveness, then I'm going to peel out things, going to expose things to myself that previously I had not been able to see. And if I do the work, and there's where the reality management worksheet comes in, the wake-up sheet, If I do the work, then I'll wake up from the insanity of hostility or fear. I'll be able to see the experience where I took on or engaged in that hostility or fear. And at that state, I'll be empowered to dissolve it. And so that's the whole idea of the tools and doing the work on an ongoing basis. And, 
you know, one of the things we did at the uh, codependence intensive, actually we did it, we showed the movie twice. It's a very powerful film about uh, codependence and addiction. It's called Thanks for Sharing. And there was such a strong focus in that film where one of the persons who's a sponsor keeps reinforcing the idea, you have to do the work every day. You have to do the work every day. You have to do the work every day. And that's just part of the healing process. Each day, you've got to, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, every day we wash our bodies because that's what we do. We know things are going to get pretty raunchy if we don't. But people think that there comes a point where they can stop washing their minds because, or or even it, for, for many people, it's difficult to understand that there's any reason for me to wash my mind because I've never been given the tools with which to do that and therefore have never experienced the clarity of a mind that's cleaned from hostility or fear. And so acquiring the tools, doing the work on a daily basis is an important part of the process and uh, and. Gail, we appreciate the fact that you share with us everything that you do from the 12-step perspective and that you're so committed to doing your work and you bring your healing process, you know, very openly and fearlessly to us with great confidence and uh, and it's a, an awesome model for everybody. I don't know if you've been listening well, to the show you. the last week or so, but, uh, you know, Cap stepped forward, you know, he was at the, uh, the nine-day codependence intensive and... Uh, the last week, he's just been really stepping forward, too, with, you know, bringing stuff up that was tough to look at, tough to deal with, and move through in very powerful ways. So it's it's pretty awesome when we get to see somebody modeling that and sharing the results. Absolutely. So is there and anything, I just want to – Oh. I was just going to say, anything for you to share, anything that's on your mind or anything we can support you with today? Um, I was just going to continue with um, the accolades and say what has happened for me and then take a bow and allow other people to speak because it's my understanding that there's other people on the call, so allow them to share as well. Um, I got a big piece. I got a big piece out of um, two things that Tim said, and I wanted to acknowledge those. Um, The one was when I was talking about my home being a sacred place, and he chimed in and said that, you need to make yourself a sacred place. Um, I acknowledge that and um, that that is the truth. And um, since I was able to move that piece last Wednesday, um, I've been able to do some cleaning and saving and um, instead of being paralyzed to be more proactive and, and to making my home more proactive, I mean, more sacred, but also to make myself more sacred and so I appreciate that piece. And the other piece was um, when he was talking about he looked forward to going to his counselor and working through his issues while he was going through this huge piece of grief. Um, that was what tipped me off into looking at my relationship with my grandma and that grief and what was going on when I was six. But also looking forward to Recovery Wednesdays, looking forward to the show every day, Monday through Friday, and knowing um, that I have people to hang on to um, and something to look forward to for the next layer to come on is very important, that community. And um, speaking of community, we did our second conference call for the Laws of Living um, Kissimmee um, 2016 group, 
um, last night. It's going on very well. We're doing great. And um, we went ahead and took a vote on what to do with our secret Facebook group that we have going on. And we've decided to um, have other people join us, and um, they wanted me to make that announcement on the show today. Um, Anybody that wants to um, either have support and continuing the homework the 66 days after a Laza Levine course, or if you've gone through it and want to offer support, um, message me on Facebook, and I'll pull you into the group. Cool. So, so the only requirement that, for being part of that group, so the only requirement for being part of that group is that they've completed laws of living. Um, completed laws of living, or yes, absolutely, that would be it. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Great. And either want to offer support to the people that are going through the homework now, or want to go ahead and jump on and continue your homework after um, you've been in the laws of living. So yeah, absolutely. And this. Go ahead. Uh, Fabulous. Well, once we complete, you know, we're kind of got this week set aside for play with family, but once we complete and we get back to Ellington next week, I'll get on the computer and go through all of the Laws of Living graduates and send everybody an email with an invite. So that'll be uh, that'll be fabulous for, uh, for more people to be, be able to join and re, re-stimulate those brain cells and, and bring forward the teaching on another level. So thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I'm glad it, uh, glad it opened. Cool. And then the other, the other thing that I want to mention, too, is that I found Bernard Jensen's book, uh, Dr. Bernard Jensen's book, and I bought it, and I, I'm reading it, and I started myself on probolytic enzymes, the WOB enzymes that you talked about, and or WOB, right. and then um, I also started the colon cleanse as well. So I'm doing a colon cleanse, juice fast, laws of living homework, so that's what I'm doing for myself, and with that information, I'm going to take a bow and allow other people um, their questions. So, Cool. Well, with all those vitality builders, we'll be expecting to hear about the next layer peeling up at any time. Absolutely. And, uh, Michelle, do we have another hand up in the phone queue? Yeah, we, we actually do. Um, let's see here. If Dr. Oh, Frank Rocky's out there, I believe his number is 702. If he's got his hand up, we'd... Love to hear from him. Uh, excuse me for a second. Let me just get on here. Um, hmm. He should be at the top of the list if his hand you know, is up. He should my, show up there. Oh, um, I'm having a problem with my computer. I've got um, more than one window up, and it won't let me switch. So let me see here. Technology is so great when it works. Yeah. It's such a hassle when it doesn't, isn't it? Well, you know, it's interesting because I um, – well, let me <clears> – let me. Um, I've got um, – Several people waiting, and why don't we take this first caller here? It's area code five one seven. Got your microphone, hopefully on. Five one seven, you're on the air. Give us the name. Where are you calling from? Sounds like Lansing, Michigan area. Five one seven, you're is. on the air. It is. Here we go. Can Can you guys hear me? I don't. We can um, hear you. Hold on. Oh, okay, great. 
Um, we got you loud I'm, and clear. Give it, who are we talking to? Wesley Ann. <clears throat> uh, Wesley Ann. Hi, Wesley Ann. Nice to meet you. How can we nice support you today? Um, I really, uh, I actually, um, I know Michelle. Uh, she is the one who introduced me to this this process. Um, I've actually known her for quite a long time, and I'm sure her struggle with me has been at best um, trying at times. Um, I. Uh, you mean you mean you've given Michelle opportunities to learn forgiveness? What a great gift to give her! That's fabulous. Right. <laughs> um, but I first um, reached out to her after being a colleague um, when I had a when my friend of 17 years passed away, and she suggested calling today just because of the recovery and the that piece. And um, currently, uh, I seem to be struggling with these tools she's um, gifted me with. Uh, and I, I remember struggling pretty bad for a while. We'd gone, uh, I did a breath session with her once, and it was probably the most amazing thing I had ever experienced. And I hear you listen to your show often. I just don't ever really call in. Um, but those layers peeling, it's been an ongoing, <clears throat> difficult process for me. I, I I tend to be pretty paralyzed by. Well, I hear you loud and clear, and as those layers come up, uh, things yeah. can get very very intense. Um, I recently just um, a relationship was just ended, and um, and I I put it to. Um, the feelings being because I'm at a way different level in my life with some of this stuff, like to kind of backtrack, one of the the best things that Michelle helped walk me through was um, canceling the goal with my daughter's father, and there was a, a lot of just um, unnecessary emotion, drama around that. And um, today the man can and sit in my house and drink a cup of coffee, and that was that commitment reading that I did every single day for I don't even know how long. And, and this here with this um, this relationship dissolving um, was has been really numbing and. Scary, almost for myself personally. Not like there's any harm or anything, but um, it's even I struggle to do worksheets. I struggle to do a commitment reading. And um, can I can I invite you to hold your thoughts for just a minute there? Yeah. So that'd be that was going to be my first request. Is allow yourself to just take a big breath. It sounds like there's a lot of emotion surfacing. And I'd like to clarify uh, one point that I think will help you to delve into deeper deeper parts of your mind more easily. And that is that our, our definition of the word denial in this work is when there's something going on in me and I speak or think as though something outside of me is the cause of it. But what happens when I do that, you know, everything that I see, everything that I experience 
in the way of emotions and such comes from inside of me. But when I say, you know, that upset me, that relationship ending really, you know, upset me, whatever, you know, the quality of upset is, what I'm saying to my mind is, mind, I don't want to be responsible for this upset. I want you to to paint a picture on the inside of my eyeballs that shows me that this upset is caused by the breakup of this relationship. My offering would be that probably the opposite is true. The breakup of the relationship is caused by the upset that you put into your brain's image of the person that you seem to have the challenge with. So the challenge is an internal process. And when I can make a simple shift in language to, you know, as this relationship was breaking up, it brought a lot of sadness or fear or anger or loss up in me. Just that simple shift in language. And because my mind is an evidential device, my mind can only show me what I give it permission to show me. So words are how I give my mind permission. So when I say, you know, when this relationship disturbance happened, it really upset me, I'm saying to my mind, you've got to show me that it's the relationship disturbance that's upsetting me. When the truth is, what's upsetting you is something inside of you that holds upset. So when I can just make a a simple (coughs) shift in language, I'm literally changing the instruction set to my mind. And the little shift there would be, you know, as I'm going through this relationship upset, it's really bringing a lot of sadness or fear or anger or hatred or whatever it is to the surface in me. Now my mind has permission to start to show me that what I'm experiencing comes from inside of me, belongs to me, and therefore the day I choose to forgive it, that is throw it out, I can throw it out. But if I tell my mind to keep showing me that it belongs to someone outside of me, then the part of me that holds that upset, I dissociate from, I hide it from myself, which means I get to do it again and again and again, situation after situation, relationship after relationship. Whereas when I can recognize that my relationships, one of the the prime purposes of our relationships is to heal us, to show us what it is that we're holding on to that is less than love, that we need to be forgiving. And and what we need to be forgiving might be something that happened to us last week or when we were three or when we were in utero or maybe comes from a generational pattern that started with great-great-great-great-grandma. But as long as I keep talking about something outside of me as cause, I can never get to what was going on for great-great-great-great-grandma. We had a woman at at our... uh, food fund forgiveness uh, workshop at Heartland this past summer. And she was having these sensations and experience of sexual abuse, although she'd never been sexually abused. And so in the midst of touching into that, we invited her to just take a breath and get quiet, as I'm inviting you to do now, and to just ask to be shown where these feelings of sexual abuse came from 
And immediately, although when she was three or four, her grandmother had passed away. So, you know, she had some sort of shadowy memories of her grandmother, but not much of anything. But immediately, a full-blown picture of her grandmother came to mind, animated within her head, and explained to her how, throughout their whole married life, her grandfather had sexually abused her. So, by moving into responsibility, asking, show me what this is inside of me that I need to let go of that creates this cloud in front of my eyes that has me believing that it's outside of me, we can get direct explanations. It takes willingness. It takes practice. It's a skill. It doesn't usually happen the first time, but with a bit of practice, just that simple shift in language, and you'll start to see things inside of you that are totally clouds made up from inside of you and are totally removable. They're not necessary. They're not useful. They serve no purpose. They perhaps did when I was three or five when something happened. But today, they just cloud my vision. And they create this drama and trauma uh, game that I play inside of me, but I pretend it's outside of me. My offering is, you are not, I am not, none of us is designed for drama and trauma, but most of us carry lots around And the world has taught us to blame somebody else for it. When I can start to recognize, wow, boy, this interaction and relationship really brought up a lot of pain for me, then my mind can start to show me the internal source of the pain, and that's when I'm empowered to throw it away. Does that make sense? It does. It it does. And I'm... It does. It's abandonment and fear and a lot of different things from that I haven't yet healed into. Then my invitation would be for you to be recognizing that and to be willing to say, all right, well, I'm ready to go there. I'm ready to touch into that. And, you know, oftentimes it's interesting. In our codependence to interdependence workshop, we uh, we talk about the moment where Literally, we abandon ourselves. We give up the direct experience of love as as who we are, and we buy into a picture in our minds made of messages given to us by the world and stimulated out of our genetics. So we, we buy into this picture of a body that we think we are, and we literally abandon the truth of self. And you know, when we're, you know, if you, if you hold a newborn and you just tap into the energy of that newborn, you know, everybody gets that it's ecstasy, it's sweetness, it's purity, it's absolutely amazing love. And that's where we all started out. And, and when we are cellularly connected to that sweet, awesome presence of love, and that's what we're looking to recover with this work, when we're connected to that, Every cell in the body is literally dancing in ecstasy. And when we give up that connection to love, to buy into a self that is less than, a self that is not worthy, a self that is bad or wrong or, you know, all the messages the world can deliver, Literally, we cut off the experience of ecstasy, and that is a moment of some of the deepest pain anyone will ever go through. 
And oftentimes, future abandonment is called for energetically by the presence of that abandonment of self. And we repeatedly behave in a way to create abandonment so that once again the stimulus will be there to bring that up and once again I can get the chance to throw that away, to be free of it, to forgive that and and to literally return to and for most people and, and maybe Michelle will share with us she had this awesome experience during the nine day codependence to interdependence uh, workshop which I'd love to hear her sharing of it from the intensive when it happened and how she shared it in the intensive and then what's happened for since because for most people this reconnection to love comes as a shock and a surprise and it is such an ecstatic experience that it's hardly comprehensible to what we call the non-being mind the self that isn't really who we are and Oftentimes, that non-being self will jump back in with its stories, with its pain, with its drama and trauma because it's such a shock. No, no, no. That's not what I deserve. I'm supposed to live like this. I'm supposed to be abused. I'm supposed to be abandoned. I'm not supposed to be good enough. I'm, You know, all those messages. But for most people, the taste of that comes in stages. And... You know, as um, Gail shared with us in the first few days, we did the uh, the uh, Recovery Wednesday or the week of recovery work where we talked about the 12-step work along with our forgiveness work. She shared what in the 12-step program is called the Bright Light Experience, where there is literally that reconnection to love that is just awesome. And a taste of it becomes, you know, it's like the carrot. It's like, Wow. Now I know that it's possible to live there. Yes, that was yesterday, and today I'm not living there, but I know it's possible to do that. Michelle, would you share a little bit about what happened to you uh, at the intensive this uh, this last month? Um, thanks for um, <clears throat> framing that goal, Michael. How about we um, let you know, Wes, that that uh, is an archive on February 10th, and it's um, the last 15 minutes, so the, to the 1.45 mark. And, Michael, I declined that because there was somebody who called yesterday um, who we didn't get a chance to talk to, and um, Captain's on the phone, too. I want to acknowledge these people waiting. So um, if it's okay to defer the story um, to the archives for now. Okay. My, my my only request is, you know, there are people who perhaps won't go to the archive or aren't available. Maybe you could just give us the 20-second version so that people get a taste of what I'm talking about. Could she, you do that? She, she, will, she will make me go to it. So that's, that's okay <laughs> for other people, absolutely. That's uh, not, not an option for me, but I, I'm sure other Great people support, will eh? hear it. <laughs> okay. Um Amazing. Well, she is an amazing individual. She literally, with this work, has saved my life. Awesome. Well, what Michael's saying, though, is you got to do the work in order to have a result. And so you are ultimately responsible for achieving the result because you're the one doing the work. So, like, put it 
put the, you know take complete responsibility and own it and celebrate it because yeah you're in the sewer now Wes but um, I've seen the upside and the relief and the gratitude and the ease and the the compassion and love I mean you're like friends with your ex that's um, remarkable given where you guys were with lawyers and courts and battles and you know the hugest message. And I think maybe that's just really the theme there, Michael, that the the depths of the low almost seems to reflect what's available in terms of the heights of the high. Because the 10 days leading up, um, up to, you know, um, a breakthrough were gone also. More time in bed than out, more illness than wellness, and, um, you know, face it, Hopefully that something was going to move. Keep applying the tools. I, I remember I was pestering you to bed, like, when, Michael, when? You know, it's like, well, maybe this sip of green juice, maybe that worksheet tomorrow, and maybe, you know, that uh, breathing session next week. Who knows? But being committed to continually to apply yourself um, is really the only option I see that's available. You know, you're in the sewage. Why not move your way out of it? Well, I, I love how Mahatma Gandhi said it. He said, if you want potatoes, you've got to use the hoe. If you want to return to the truth of being, you've got to use the hoe. But I still haven't heard the 22nd version of what happened to you that day when that space opened. Just 20 seconds. I think um, it's deepening because there there was a sense of relief. But as I reflected on what my experience was, I don't know if that was completely um, encompassing it. I think really what was there was awe, and that's really hard to put into words as far as expanding your limits and as far as your understanding and conscious awareness. And so it came through me through a physical experience of actually somehow being able to see the um, energy particles that, well, let us say particle, energy waves that make up um, the source of our experience and how we create. And so kind of was just awe. And what did that feel like? There, The key is I'm looking for is, you know, I think that if you could just share what that felt like, then we can go back to understanding more about why the newborn experience is that space of ecstasy and that that's where we're designed to live ultimately and that's the whole reason for doing the work. So I'm labeling it with an emotional world. word is um, challenging because there's, it was kind of like a timelessness, like, um, like sort of an absence, like a, a piece that's profound. But that's, that was layered in there because there was a lot of excitement, excitement and joy that, like, I was having this so cool experience and, like, you know, I didn't have to go to Universal and pay for a ticket, <laughs> you know? It's like blowing your mind with um, delight, but then, you know, it's just a natural part of my body, walking through the street on a dusky night. The return to ecstasy, that's that's what I was looking for, and that, that it's possible to do. And and what uh, Michelle was referring to is when I do an intensive, I, I do a section at the opening of it where I say, and what causes that? And I talk about factors. And 
over almost 50 years of doing this work, what I've been looking for since I started to understand is what are the factors that allow us to return to that experience 24-7, 365. And every tool we introduce, if you listen to all 1,400 of our hours of our archives, every word will be about how to recapture that experience and to stand in the space, even in the presence of someone who has been a horrendous challenge to us, and be in that space of connected love. And it sounds like you're really, with your relationship with your former, and I, I just kind of let go of the idea of Xing people out, your former, uh, that that you can stay connected to that. And when you do, that's where healing happens through relationship, and it's so powerful. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I agree. That was something that um, when I started the process, I'll be blunt, Michelle knows I'm blunt, I, I literally thought that it was a bunch of crap. I was like, there's no way that I'm sure. going to say this thing and I'm going to, you know, um, end up wanting to be in a space of love or anything um, with uh, with that. And, and something that you had touched on earlier about, um, you know, it, it coming from before that we're just, we're, I guess in my layman's terms, I'm feeling emotions through a situation that were already there that have nothing to do with the situation. And that truly was when... I started working with and through Michelle um, because even when I originally sought her out, we, we weren't working together at the time, was um, I, had, I had gotten pulled over. I had drove drunk. Um, I was in this state of just self-destruction because I thought it's what I deserved. Um, after my best friend had passed, and I and that's when she really hit me with that hammer of this has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on right now. And um, the 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 why does this keep happening to me? Um, I I'll be honest, I haven't been able to really get all the way through it because yeah. I'm I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this position, or believe that I'm stuck. And I, I don't know, working in recovery, how I had they talk about. Um, when you when you do something, when you're changing and you're growing and something feels comfortable, it's probably the wrong thing. <laughs> and then if something feels comfor- not comfortable, it's probably the right thing. And I'm, I feel like I'm in that transition currently. And I was there before um, with my daughter's father. Um, but one of the things that through the worksheets, um, the breathing... Uh, the meditation is that um, the the end result is I know that I deserve to feel better and I deserve to to love myself. Um, I'm just pretty hard on myself. I I I think that I should know better. And again, that's a message like you said that we get from the world, and then that's what we're telling ourselves. And I think uh, I, and let I me know let me just. Let me just ask a, maybe a silly offhanded question that may seem off the wall, but how did it feel when your power person told you how you should know better and that <laughs> you deserve to be treated this way? And notice that well, notice that your power person isn't here and you're doing it to yourself in their stead. 
And, and how much forgiveness work does it do to get rid of that? Well, they asked Yeshua that question 2,000 years ago. They said, is seven worksheets enough? And his response right. to Aramaic was, no, 77 times 70, which means that in order to move that cloud of energy out of your structure, you will do an infinite amount of work until you're finished with that piece of your puzzle. And, you know, we don't know for you which factor is going to create that huge opening. It might be the next time you read the commitment. It might be the next worksheet that you do. It might be the next detoxification process that you do. It might be the next time that rage comes up in you, you stop and you take a breath, you loosen your fist and you say, oh, this rage is about me, I think I'll let go of it. And that may be what parts the clouds and causes the angels to sink. It's, you know, there's no formula for what will make it happen in what time frame for anybody. It's a process that opens when it opens, and that's why we introduce every tool we can and say practice all of the above, and when it's your time, that opening will occur, and it will just be the most amazing experience you've ever had. And 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 it and it's a taste once again of the truth of how we're designed to live twenty four seven three sixty five as that awesome presence of love. Right. Well, it is uh, it is definitely um, something that it was. It's, it's, Michelle knows it's difficult for me to to, to talk to really anybody about things that are really matter. I mean, I could talk forever, but um, I, I want to stay tuned into the show. I, you said power person, and her. I'm actually going to see her for eight days, which, again, would not have happened with any of this work. Um, but um, I think that there's a lot of raw um, emotion that I just, Unlike a year ago or two years ago when I started this process, I just am not willing to let to let go of not getting to a better space of love because I've experienced it, if that makes sense. Awesome. Well, we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to need to close out the show, but just let me quickly, before we do, uh, talk about the power person for a moment. The power person is somebody in your life who had more power over your life than you did, and you perceived it as survival, and they weren't functioning as love. And what happens is those dynamics tend to take over our behavior system and lead us to doing one of three things throughout our lives. And the three things are related to levels of stress. When there's no stress, we'll do what we did to get along with our power person. When stress starts to build, we'll do what we did to resist and survive with them. And when we become ultra-stressed, we'll do what they did to us that we hated the most. That's the core of the codependence dynamic, and that's the core of what we need to recover from, what we need to forgive. And we're down to the last few seconds, so uh, we'll have to close the show out, and we'll look forward to hearing from everybody again tomorrow. Delighted to meet you and share with you. Blessings, and have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. 
We are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. 